0: Giving you a head start on your weekly Healthcare Happy Hour. On last week's edition of the Healthcare Happy Hour, we discussed our general talking points that Capitol Conference attendees will use in their meetings with their member of Congress. Those are available in the Advocacy section of the NAHU website. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, John and Chris are here to talk about what it's like lobbying virtually and how to convey our legislative priorities to different audiences. John, Chris, you've both been featured in the podcast on many different occasions, but rarely do we talk specifically about what you do for the association on a daily basis. Can you briefly describe what exactly you do as vice presidents of congressional affairs?
1: So John and I, Spend a lot of time discussing issues through several different formats. Sometimes they will be through our coalition partners. We will be aligned with insurance carriers, employer groups, consumer organizations, labor unions to discuss issues related to making sure people have health insurance and come up with strategies and plans to communicate that to the Hill through social media, through op eds, through conferences. And other times, John and I are meeting directly with congressional staff on Capitol Hill through Zoom or a phone call. And really discussing these issues about what we're seeing happening in the real world. Further, there are opportunities to meet directly with the members of Congress themselves. Maybe it's at a fundraiser. I do quite a few meetings through different caucuses on Capitol Hill. For example, the Blue Dogs, which are the conservative side of the Democratic Party. This morning, I just did a meeting with several of them where we discussed COVID, the next COVID package. There were several of us on this call, but we're able to have good dialogue back and forth. Sometimes we do this with non-ideological groups like NHU is heavily engaged in the Hispanic Caucus and we have conversations with them about what we're seeing going on in healthcare, health disparities, how to make sure everyone has access to high quality healthcare, but also affordable. And those conversations are what John and I are engaged in throughout the day, coming up with different strategies of who we need to talk to based on things like what committees they happen to sit on, Members of Congress's personal interest. There's nothing like a highly motivated member of Congress to get your issue fixed. That was particularly a way that the HIT tax was repealed. While certain members of Congress might have not served on the Ways and Means or Senate Finance Committees, which are the tax writing committees, we had some highly motivated members of Congress like Anthony Brandisi who worked very hard to see those repealed. So we spent a lot of time with giving them good talking points on why their colleagues need to join in on these changes. And then they work with us to help change the hearts and minds of their fellow members of Congress.
2: And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't, and they need more education. But that's where the relationship between what Chris and I do and your relationship with the member is so important because you know what's happening on the ground at home and you are a constituent. And so that's the greater impact of amplifying. Uh, and helping us cover more ground as we have done at Capital Conference, for example.
1: One of the things I think we've started off this year very well with is the actual committees like Energy and Commerce, Senate Finance, Education Labor, the committees that we deal with day-to-day on healthcare. We've been quickly meeting with the committee staffs to discuss issues like employer reporting and other issues so that we're in early on as they're planning out the year and coming up with the strategies of how they want to move legislation we're going to be in a very tight majorities in congress in both the house and the senate so John and I were quickly working with the committee staff to see what we can do on a bipartisan basis there are opportunities and strategies that we're looking at about what can be done through reconciliation that's the process where you only need a simple majority vote there are certain things that are beneficial to NHU that we would be looking to try to put in those sorts of packages And so there is a lot of sort of strategy as the year's going on, particularly in a year that's different than one that we've seen in a while. Yes, we've seen it where the Democrats control the White House, the House and the Senate, but we've never had in my lifetime one party controlling all three, but by this narrow of a margin. You have to go back over 70 years to find one party controlling all these pieces, but with the tight level of those margins. So I really think that changes the strategy that that we'll be looking at as we go through
0: the year. Hi there. We are sure you have seen our weekly COVID-19 email updates, but did you also know that we have a relief fund to help NAHU members? This fund allows members to apply for monetary assistance or donate to help fellow NAHU members in need. Please go to nahu.org and click the COVID-19 Relief Fund button right on the homepage. So obviously there are a ton of ideological differences between Democrats and Republican lawmakers, but there is also a massive amount of variety within parties as well. So how do you change your message depending on your audience?
1: Yeah, So unfortunately, the media often makes it perceive that members of Congress are really a choice between AOC and Marjorie Greene. And really, John and I know it's much more nuanced than that. There are various degrees uh, that members of Congress come from in ideology. A lot of those have to do based on where they're from, the people they represent, their own personal experiences. And so you really have to tailor the message specifically to that member of Congress. And you can't do it in a generic way that there's one message for Democrats and one message for Republicans. There really are different messages that work on a moderate to conservative Democrat from the Blue Dog Coalition or the New Democratic Coalition, and tailor those messages much more in a growth and business friendly way. than the message that I would present to a much more progressive member of Congress, where I would talk more about consumer protections and consumer advocacy. And so you really have to know something about those members of Congress before walking in the door to make sure you understand what makes them tick. Understanding their state or congressional district, What sort of jobs, how their economy works is vitally important for that. Understanding their own personal experiences in healthcare. Do they have doctors in their family? Have they had their own medical experiences? We're all part of that strategy there. Understanding what issues the member of Congress has worked on in the past. You know, where they are champions on stopping the expansion of the small group market from 50 to 100. Understanding those sorts of past history or all the sorts of things that go into when you're formulating the conversation that you will have with the staff and those members of
2: Congress. And you may wonder how we know all that. The fundraisers that we go to is where we really can get to know people. What we do on the Hill is our opportunity to build those relationships. And sometimes the relationship is at home with our chapter members. But Chris is right. It is a very nuanced message these days. It used to be you had a message for Democrats and you had a message for Republicans, but they are very splintered. I call it speaking in tongues sometimes. I talk to a conservative Republican differently than I do a moderate.
0: Some NAHU members may be confused by virtual lobbying or hesitant to register for Capitol Conference because the process is now virtual. What has lobbying in a virtual format been like for you guys?
1: So I wouldn't be hesitant at all about lobbying in a virtual format. I actually think this actually provides more opportunity for constituents to talk to their member of Congress or their staff because of that virtual format and not having to travel as often. So I uh, highly encourage people to use that virtual format. John and I are using this all the time now to either talk to members of Congress, their staffs, committee staffs, or others to really be able to have those in-depth conversations, ask questions. And yes, do I prefer to meet in person? Absolutely. I am more of a people person. I like to really be able to hear and see all of the person, not just the little square on the screen. However, I think that this format still allows a lot of people to have a great dialogue with their constituents. And like I said, I actually think because of this virtual format, there's an opportunity in some ways, to meet more often and more frequently with your member of Congress and their staff because you don't have to do the traveling that was involved before. I know from my own schedule, some days I've actually met with more people in that day on issues because now I'm not running between the physical meeting. The the meetings just come up in half hour increments on my calendar and I'm on to the next Zoom meeting. So I think it can be highly effective to use a virtual format.
2: And there may be more opportunity for the member themselves to join the group and be a part of the call. Because of the flexibility that uh, this format allows, I have done a number of these calls with uh, local chapters or state chapters with members of Congress that they've organized and invited me to attend. And I can tell you that they are very attentive to what you have to say. It absolutely works. And this was evidenced by the Zoom calls that we were on, like the FSA rollover, for example. I was on a call with Chairman Grassley, who had no idea that the FSA issue existed, that the rollovers were a problem for dependent care or for health care, and that people had made their elections pre-COVID and so on. And so bringing these issues to their attention actually helped get that particular relief in the Omni bill at the end of the year we did this on surprise billing. I can't tell you the number of meetings Chris and I did on this. Dozens and dozens of these. So believe me, I would rather be downtown with everyone. And I know you would too with your friends and colleagues, rubbing elbows and sipping wine with your friends. But there is still a lot of work to be done in our industry to protect it and to keep it strong.
0: What is your advice for NEHU members who will be virtually meeting with their member of Congress during Capitol Conference?
2: You still need to be organized, just as you were, if it were an in-person, you need to choose a leader and have a game plan. So do it exactly the same as if you've been here before in person, it works exactly the same way. Allow for people to all participate. Don't let the group be overly large. I think you organize these meetings roughly in the same way that you did before. You know, who knows the member or who is the lead on an issue because they are the expert on that issue. So you still would want to have a lead person if there is an issue where there's a content person in the room, in the space who knows that maybe they are going to be the lead. Chris, what other advice would you have for people?
1: Yeah, remember, most members of Congress don't have the ability to really learn every issue in depth. They're not going to be the expert on health insurance. You're the expert in health insurance. When I was on Capitol Hill, my old boss used to describe himself as a TV that somebody else changed the channels on. He would have a meeting that at one moment went from talking about nuclear power to the next moment talking about the government of Chile to the next moment talking about child nutrition. So it's really hard to have any in-depth knowledge on any subject when your day works that way in 15-minute increments. So you're going to be the real expert on how health insurance works, how the employer-based healthcare system, the benefits of it. And you need to really be a resource for the member of Congress and their staff about that system so that they can get a little more education on it, but also know to be able to go back to you to learn more about the topics when they have questions.
0: It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. What are we toasting to this week?
1: This week, Dan, we're toasting to seeing everyone virtually at this year's Capitol Conference. It's the start of a new administration and a new Congress, so it will be great to see everyone there. Please sign up today.
0: Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts, or to become a member, visit nahu.org.